Part two of Chapter seven of A Student's History of American Literature by William Simons. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Part two Poets of This Generation. After Stedman, most prominent among our poets of that generation was Richard Watson Gilder, eighteen forty four to nineteen o nine. In 1870, he became editor of Scribner's Monthly, and in 1881, of the century, a position which he held until his death. His first volume of verse, The New Day, appeared in 1875. A complete edition of the poems of Richard Watson Gilder was published in 1908. John James Piatt, born in Indiana, 1835, and his wife, Sarah M. Piatt, born in Kentucky, 1836, are residents of Ohio. Mr. Piatt was associated with William Dean Howells in the publication of Poems of Two Friends, 1860. Numerous volumes of his poems have appeared since, two of them in association with his wife. Mrs. Piatt's Complete Poems, two volumes, were published in 1894. Joaquin Miller, 1841 to 1913, a native of Indiana, whose name, until the poet changed it, was Cincinnatus Hine Miller, removed with his parents to Oregon in 1855, and there began a life replete with picturesque experience. His first volume, Songs of the Sierras, was published in London in 1871, while the author was visiting England. Miller's lyrical romances have not attained wide popularity, but the fine stanzas of his stirring poem, Columbus, may find a place, not undeserved, among the unforgettable poems of our literature. Through the later years of his life, Joaquin Miller lived in a cottage on the mountains overlooking Oakland, California, amid surroundings similar to those so often reproduced in his verse. John Bannister Tabb, 1845-1909, a Catholic priest, professor of English literature in St. Charles College in Maryland, was the author of many excellent lyrics. The lyric quality also distinguishes the work of John Vance Cheney, born in New York, 1848, who was from 1894 to 1908 librarian of the Newberry Library in Chicago. Lloyd Mifflin, born in Pennsylvania, 1846, has won distinction especially through his sonnets, a collected edition of which appeared in 1905, of the women who have contributed largely to our contemporary verse. The following are perhaps the most widely known for the literary quality of their work and for its sympathetic appeal. Julia C. R. Dorr, born in South Carolina, 1825, since 1830, living in Vermont. Annie Fields, born in Boston, 1834, the widow of James T. Fields. Edna Dean Proctor, born in New Hampshire, 1838. Edith M. Thomas, born in Ohio, 1854, since 1888, living in New York. Helen Gray Cone, 
born in New York, 1859. Louise Imogen Guinea, born in Boston, 1861, and Dora Reed Goodale, born in Massachusetts, 1866. Will Carleton, born in Michigan, 1845, a journalist now living in Brooklyn, first attracted popular interest by the publication of Farm Ballads in 1873. His poems in dialect, both humorous and pathetic, have extended through a lengthy series of volumes. Eugene Field, 1850-1895, for a number of years a journalist in Chicago, will long be remembered, not only for the whimsical humor of his prose, but for the tender pathos of a few poems of child life, like Little Boy Blue and Winkin' Blinkin' and Nod. Field was a lover of the Latin poet Horace, and the author of some happy versions of his odes. A little book of Western Verse, 1890, with Trumpet and Drum, 1892, and a second book of verse, 1893, contain his familiar poems. Widely known as a writer of poems in the homely dialect of the Indiana farmer, James Whitcomb Riley has attained a popularity second to that of no other living American poet. Filled with a genial optimism, a universal sympathy, and a kindly sense of humor, Mr. Riley's verse has won the hearts of the people. His nature lyrics are vivid with rural charm and the simple joys of country life. He has written many songs for children, which have long since become classics among child readers. Mr. Riley was born in Greenfield, Indiana, in 1853. In 1873, he began newspaper work in Indianapolis, where he has since lived, contributing occasional poems in dialect to Indiana papers, using the pen name Benj F. Johnson of Boone. He soon became known as the Hoosier Poet, The Old Swimming Hole, and Eleven More Poems was published in 1883, and numerous collections have since followed. Among his best-known poems are Grigsby's Station, Knee Deep in June, An Old Sweetheart of Mine, Old Aunt Mary's, Little Orphant Annie, When the Frost is on the Pumpkin, The Old Swimming Hole, Thoughts for the discouraged farmer, with its cheery strain, for the world is full of roses, and the roses full of dew, and the dew is full of heavenly love that drips for me and you, and many others, so marked by homely sense and a democratic simplicity of style that their humanness has commended them to readers of all ranks. Edwin Markham, born in Oregon, 1852, while a teacher in California, wrote and published a remarkable poem, The Man with the Hoe, 1898, which by its rugged strength and elemental feeling achieved an enduring fame. Mr. Markham is the author of a poem on Lincoln, Lincoln and Other Poems, 1901, which deserves the wide recognition it has received. But in no other of his quite numerous compositions has he equaled the success of his first great poem. He has for some years been engaged in editorial work in New York. Henry Kyler Bunner, 
1855 to 1896, formerly editor of the humorous journal Puck, was a writer of verse in which humor and sentiment were often delicately blended. His Airs from Arcady and Elsewhere appeared in 1884. Another writer whose field has been in the poetry of sentiment and whose popularity seems to be well established is Ella Wheeler Wilcox, born in Wisconsin, 1855. Poems of Passion, 1883, first drew attention to her work. She is actively engaged in journalism. Samuel Minturn Peck, born in Alabama, 1854, and Frank Levy Stanton, born in South Carolina, 1857, are two popular poets of the South. Mr. Peck's first volume, Cap and Bells, appeared in 1886. Mr. Stanton, who is on the editorial staff of the Atlanta Constitution, published Songs of the Soil in 1894. Comes One with a Song, 1898, and Songs from Dixieland, 1900, have followed. The poetical work of Frank Dempster Sherman, born in Peekskill, New York, 1860, is represented by Madrigals and Catches, 1887, Lyrics for a Lute, 1890, Lyrics of Joy, 1904. A Southern Flight, 1906, was published in association with Clinton Scollard, born in Clinton, New York, 1860, one of the most prolific of our minor poets. Mr. Scollard's earliest publication was Pictures and Song, 1884, with Reed and Lyre, followed in 1886, and at least a dozen volumes of his verse have appeared since. From 1888 to 1896, Mr. Scollard was professor of English literature in Hamilton College. Mr. Sherman is a member of the faculty of Columbia University. Bliss Carman, born in Fredericton, New Brunswick, 1861, has been engaged since 1890 in editorial work in the United States. He has attained a substantial position among the younger generation of American nature poets. His first collection, Low Tide on Grand Pre, appeared in 1893. A Sea Mark, 1895, and Ballads of Lost Haven, 1897, were followed by Songs from Vagabondia, 1894, written in collaboration with Richard Hovey. More songs from Vagabondia appeared in 1896, and last songs from Vagabondia in 1900. A collected edition of Bliss Carmen's poems, two volumes, was published in 1905. Richard Hovey, 1864 to 1900, a poet of large promise, was born in Illinois. He, too, was a journalist at the time of his collaboration with Carmen in the three volumes mentioned. Besides the poems which celebrate the joys of the open road, Songs from Vagabondia and Along the Trail, 1898, he composed a series of poetical dramas, Launcelot and Guinevere, 1891-1898, and Taliesin, A Mask, 1899. William Vaughn Moody, 1869-1910, was a native of Indiana, 
a graduate of harvard and a professor of english in the university of chicago eighteen ninety five to nineteen o seven he published in the atlantic monthly for may nineteen hundred a very noteworthy poem an ode written in time of hesitation which dealt with the popular feeling aroused by the outbreak of the spanish-american war his first collection of poems appeared in nineteen o one but a lyrical drama the mask of judgment had been published in nineteen hundred the firebringer nineteen o four followed as the second drama in a trilogy left uncompleted later mr moody turned to the prose drama producing two plays the great divide nineteen o seven and the faith healer nineteen o nine percy wallace mckay born in new york eighteen seventy five has won distinction in the dramatic field with two poetical plays jean d'arc nineteen o six and sappho and phaon nineteen o seven both of which have been produced with success the canterbury pilgrims nineteen o three and fenris the wolf nineteen o five are earlier works the former in nineteen o nine being presented before various university audiences in the open air josephine preston peabody born in new york eighteen seventy four was for a time instructor in english literature in wellesley college nineteen o one to nineteen o three the wayfarers a book of verse appeared in eighteen ninety eight besides two other volumes of occasional poems she has published a poetical drama of remarkable strength and beauty marlowe nineteen o one pan a choric idol for music appeared in nineteen o four the piper nineteen o nine a poetical drama received the stratford on avon prize and was produced in england and america since nineteen o six when miss peabody became mrs l s marks her home has been in cambridge massachusetts paul lawrence dunbar eighteen seventy two to nineteen o six the only representative of the african race to attain rank as an american poet was a native of ohio his verse is often marked by real lyric excellence his songs in negro dialect attracting wide attention william dean howells george edward woodbury and henry van dyke although classified as prose writers have all written occasional verse which merits more than passing recognition and there are scores of minor poets whose names might not unworthily find a place in a list more complete than this end of part two of chapter seven